Yo, just a heads up, this podcast was recorded this winter. So you're going to hear some references to the winter or some past trips that Gabe did. But there were such awesome stories that I didn't want to cut. Whatever, whatever. It's all good. So boom. You are listening to the Hingework Podcast, a conversation about creativity, joy, and authenticity from the overflow of true community. Also, my armpit is on fire. That's why great. we are recording. <laughs> are Wait. we really? <laughs> Can we talk about that real fast? Why is it on fire? I've been using this natural deodorant, but I've been using it for like a year. So, you never but all of a sudden, for the last like month, I have like a rash in my. Like, well, that's what some friends of mine have been rash. saying. Like Old Spice will give them rashes in their pits. Some guys, and I'm like. It's never given me a rash. I'm like, this I'm is the best. This is why the podcast exists. <laughs> we get it, Kent. We're live. Go on. <laughs> but one day you may end up with a rash You're in right. your right armpit. <laughs> my left one's going to feel jealous. Hi, my name's Gabe. Welcome to the Hinchwork Podcast. With us, we have uh, Kent Mast as well. Yo. And a very special guest, Lauren Zare, who is just telling us about some of her woes. <laughs> Lauren, what's going on in your life right now? Well, my plumbing hasn't been working in my house for over a week. It's a tough week. Yep, yep. The toilet's been working the last couple of days, so that's, well, that's a you know, huge positive. Well, we're so moving in the Lord. right direction. Whenever like the power went out or the plumbing went out in our house, we would have like <laughs> growing up, we didn't have like a proper water filter at our house, so we always had gallons of water. So whenever like the plumbing didn't work, we would just pour water in the top <laughs> sink of the toilet. And oh, then right. we can flush. Yeah. Lauren, oh, yeah. I've heard of yeah. Um, get, get back so to the point. You're showering. Yes, yes. That would not have worked, actually. I don't know if you okay. guys want to know all the gory details. I but let's just gory. say sometimes when you flush the toilet, it comes up the shower. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. It's really gross. So what's going on with you guys? Good plumbing? <laughs> We've got great plumbing at the nut house. That's amazing. <laughs> so, I'm so happy for you. So yeah, I mean it's Bless been great. your plumbing. Water's warm. Uh it's hot. Yeah. Um no, I mean things have been great. So I've just been kind of exploring, like, you know, I did Norway, Sweden and Iceland at the beginning of December, which was unreal. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was great. I what? dislocated my shoulder in Norway. So I don't know if I told you that. No, you didn't tell me any of I that. I slipped on a dock and it just popped right out. So like all the guys were jumping. We found this like awesome river and we stopped because the views were great. And mm-hmm. I was walking by and I saw a dock and I was like, guys, does anybody want to jump in the water? In their underwear. It's like zero degrees Celsius. So it's pretty, it's like pretty cold. Oh and Gordy Bargainer was like, freezing. yeah, I'll do it. And I'm like, great. So we get set up, take some photos. He jumps in, get an awesome photo right off the bat. Yes. And then Dan and Josh Horning were like, yeah, I want to do it too. I think I want to do it. I think I want to jump in too. And I'm like, all right. So they're moving the car closer so they can get to their towels faster yep. and like kind of keep their Freeze clothes less, there. Yeah. you know. And so they change into their underwear and they're getting ready to walk down. And I'm on this dock just kind of walking on it for whatever reason. And Moseying along. I slip and arm just flies right out. And like, thank God my camera was wrapped around my neck and my arm because it could have fallen into the water into the water and that would have caused everything like the whole trip would have been a wash for me oh my point. gosh and, epic thank uh, god yeah. that did not happen i know i was like and that was my only like i just bought that camera it was brand new 
Uh, so ended up dislocating my shoulder. Nobody was there to hear my cries because they were undressing. And <laughs> I rotate my arm and it just pops back in. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that hurts. That didn't feel good. And I, I was like, guys, I think I just dislocated my shoulder. And they're like, yeah, whatever, we're going to jump in anyway. <laughs> so we ended up getting some more shots. Oh, I couldn't, my god! Like, it took me forever to sleep the rest of that trip. Like, I was pretty uncomfortable for the whole trip. But... Because it was still in pain. It was, yeah, it, it still hurts a little bit here and there. Uh, additionally, one reason why I have not been going to the gym. Uh, but valid. Really we valid. We did get 12 free pairs of me undies underwear because we sent in images to them. Yes! <laughs> so, so That's amazing. That was a huge, huge bonus. Um, this episode of the podcast. Free underwear. By me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Plumbing underwear. This is good so far. Yeah, we should just. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Pretty great. Uh, Kent broke his toe. I did. Oh, I don't know. Yes. Did I share this? I can't remember. I can't if we remember. that on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I broke my toe. I was sprinting, which I never do, as you can tell. And I ran right into <laughs> a concrete step. You should uh, see the step. And what happened to the step? It's fine. Yeah. It looks better than ever. <laughs> at least, at least you don't need to budge at all. Or, yeah. Just the toe. <laughs> <laughs> so I was telling Lauren, it's been a it's been a frustrating thing for me because like if I would have just used the crutches the mm-hmm. whole time. I'm already at the six week mark. I would have been fine. But now it's like, oh, things are healing a little weird. And I I wasn't using crutches. And so, yeah, Mm, surrendering to the season that I'm in has been frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Slow to surrender to the slowness. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking any bone is just miserable. Mm -hmm. I was telling Kent before you got here, like the same sort of thing happened to me when I was in seventh grade. I broke my wrist Mm -hmm. for a really like stupid accident and doctors put the cast on wrong. (gasps) So two weeks later they had to re-break it. And my mom's there with me and the doctor's like, so we can come back in a week and we can put them under and break it and it'll be painless. Or we could just, Put it, give him some Novocaine, break it right now. I'll do it myself. And my mom's like, Yeah, do it now. We don't want to waste another trip. And so, (laughs) literally, yeah. And this doctor just numbs me a little bit and then just puts his full body weight on my arm. And I hear the snap. The, oh man. Uh, So, I guess one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you in here is because you're a pretty cool person. You're pretty neat. Oh, guys. And, uh, We've, I, I've known you for a couple years now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met at Rumpelbruskins on wing night. Yep. Rumpelbruskins. Um, yeah. No, let's not get into it. Best boneless wings out there in Lancaster. <laughs> Those are some good wings. Um, Man, oh, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. So like that's, yeah, it's great motivation for going to the gym in like an hour. <laughs> Go to the gym, then Rumpelbruskins for wings. Um, okay. <laughs> so we kind of met through like that friends group, Josh Mast and like, the Keggies are yep. we're good friends. And come to find out, you are an actress. You're not yes. from Lancaster. No. Do you want to like dive into some <laughs> of the history of how you got to the Lancaster history of Lauren? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I moved to Lancaster after college. From where? From Harrisonburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college in Heston, Kansas for two years at Heston College and then at Eastern Mennonite University in Virginia. Okay, yeah. And after college, I was like so ready to just be a theater actress. Like that was, I just imagined my life as like this, like, I was like, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter. Like 
I, I can be like a starving artist and just do what I love and do theater all yeah. the time and do this all this important like social justice theater work. <laughs> and um, and I was like trying to decide where to move. And I ended up making like a pros list, not like a pros mm -hmm. and cons list. I was trying to decide between Sarasota, Florida and Cameroon, Africa. Whoa. And wow. Lancaster. <laughs> But like not, but not New York City. What? No, New York was never. No, I don't know why. Probably because I just was way too much of a small town kid at that point. New York okay. would have been like completely overwhelming. Yeah. Um, wow. And I just like Lancaster to me, like was like I had been to like here and done like choir tours and stuff in Lancaster and had okay. friends that had lived here. And so I was like, Lancaster's so cool. Like downtown Lancaster is awesome. Like Central Market's amazing. I like agree. I'm just going to move to downtown Lancaster and go to Central Market every single day. It's not open every day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> I just had all of these Was that like the worst revelation ideas. when you got here? You're like, it's only open it's three only days? It's only open three days a week. No I, no, I actually didn't get into Lancaster City for like, a year or two okay. after I moved here. So yeah. by then I knew that it wasn't open every day. So I kind of mm -hmm. dealt with it at that point. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I moved here cause there was like seven, I think seven professional theaters at the time. Um, yeah, but that's not really. So what was like the deciding factor, like Lancaster? <clears throat> cause those are other, those other two places are pretty sweet sounding. Yeah. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I honestly don't know. I think I just like, I made the pros list and if something was a con, I just made it into a positive thing and moved it to another. So if like, um, <clears throat> I could say like, oh, the weather in Lancaster isn't as nice as Sarasota, Florida, but I just like wrote we awesome weather. <laughs> yeah. Under Sarasota, Florida. Oh, okay. And if I really liked it, I like starred it once or twice. <laughs> so there must've just been yeah. enough good things about Lancaster that I moved here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What stage of like life or risk were you at at that point? Like, so you were come like, yeah, like what, like financially or even just oh life ahead gosh. of you? Like, what did that look like? I to had take no that? idea what I was getting myself into. I moved here without a job. I moved into my aunt and uncle's house. And I think they were charging me like $50 a month in rent or something ridiculous that. like that. <laughs> that is pretty good. And, Do they have rooms available? <laughs> And I was also like a terrible roommate. My uncle would always like make fun of me and say that like the rapture came or something because I would just like leave my clothes in the bathroom, <laughs> oh, you know, like, and he was like, and I probably didn't do any cleaning Good. and just ate all their food. They were really awesome to let me live with them. <laughs> Super gracious to me. Um, but like, I don't know about the starving artist thing. I'm eating food every night. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, like, I'm I've got here. my aunt's hummus. Like, her oh. big, those big tubs from Costco. Oh, it can't oh, be that. So good. Anyways, but um, yeah, I moved here, got a serving job. I was a terrible, terrible server, like waitress, at first. I mean, I, I had the personality to make up for all of the not things I didn't remember. Yeah. You know, like if a customer asked me for something, I'd forget or not put their order and in. You just like play it off. <laughs> I was so oh, I don't know if I played it out. I'm it was intense. But and yeah, and it, I was working at like Ruby Tuesday in like the fall when the tourist season was over and yeah. it was like totally dead and I was making absolutely no money. Mm -hmm. And remember I had come with this idea that like money doesn't matter. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, that's great. But yeah, I figured out that money does matter and that's okay, but it also doesn't have to run your life. But, you know, 
as artists, like we're trying, like at least for the three of us, like mm -hmm. we are wanting to make money doing what we love, yeah. not just yeah. doing it. Yeah, it's um, like for, I think for Kent and I, we both provide a service, but it's additionally a product as well. So it's like an interesting way to like, how can we serve somebody and still create something valuable for them? Right. Um, yeah. Which is great. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, but yep. you're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And for me, it's a little different in that mine, I mean, like, I am the product as an actress. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also realizing that, oh, man, there's so many things. I could go on so many rabbit trails right now. But Rabbit trail. Right? <laughs> um, I'm like, I... I think the biggest thing I'm realizing is that like I have to do what works for me. Mm -hmm. Like people that aren't actors and aren't even artists try and tell me all the time, mm -hmm. like especially like if I haven't seen their favorite movie, like how have you not seen that movie? This is like your industry. And like yeah. just because I haven't seen your favorite movie does not mean that I'm like an actress who has no idea what she's doing. Yeah. Like yeah. and at first I had to like like I really like would get upset like if somebody said that and be like oh my gosh should I've seen that movie like da 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 mm -hmm. and and now I'm just like I have to do what works for me in all aspects mm -hmm. of being an artist so like a lot of actors especially theater actors will <clears throat> um go to like there's the union and I'm not going to get into all that but um if you go to a union audition often like as a non I'm a non-union actor so if I go to a union audition, I have to like sign up, I get there at like 6 a.m. and wait in line literally all day. Like I could be there until like 4 or 5 Jeez. p.m. waiting to audition. And sometimes you don't get seen. Like you don't get to audition because like union people wow. will come <laughs> in and they sign up and they get seen before you. So like anytime a union person walks in, hmm. they get put at the very top of the list before okay. any of the non-union people. And there could be like 150 people in the non-union wow. list. And this isn't anything about like not liking union actors, not liking non-union actors, about one being better than the other. It's like a, a different thing. But it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy yeah. thing. And I decided yeah. that for me, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, not that I'll never, ever, ever do it, but I'm only going to do it if, if it's for a show that I, like, really, really want to do. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, I mean, at this point, theater isn't my main focus. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, like, I mean, I haven't, auditioned I don't remember the last theater audition I did but I've still been doing professional theater with a couple companies that I just work with over and over again because I don't have to keep auditioning for them they just cast me but which has got to be a great feeling which is great yeah, yeah, yeah I love it and and I love working with them and that's why I keep mm -hmm. doing it you know even though that's not my main focus anymore but now it's like I'll just get a call to do a show or like you know, or to do like a directing, like I got called to do a directing gig and I'm like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, it's just weird to me, mm -hmm. but because that's not normally at least how I thought things worked in the acting mm -hmm. industry. But, um, I mean, I guess people know you, they know what you can do. They know they like yeah. working with you and yeah. that stuff's important too. Yeah. Um, but I, but yeah, anyways, back to what I was saying before is I've just had to realize that like, I have to do what works for me. And if yeah. that means not losing my mind going and auditioning for these yeah. things that I don't want to audition for, um, then I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Even if that's not like some people's perspective would be mm. 
to be an actor, you have to do everything. Like you need to be making right. your full time income acting. You need to do any gig. You got to go do, go do kids parties and be Elsa and Anna. Do whatever you can to like make yeah. money. You know. Wow. And for some people, they might like be being Elsa and Anna or whatever. That's fine. But like, I'm like, I'm not going to just do things that I don't love or that I'm not passionate yeah. about yeah. just for a paycheck. So what was like the turning point to that? Because <clears throat> I, I definitely wrestle um, with that. For me, it's like, um, I'm still in discovery mode kind of, of like what fires me up to the point where it's like, that's exactly what I want. And even today, I was just going through different videos and kind of trying to get inspiration for like the look I'm trying to achieve. Right. Because it's, it's so like intangible when you're trying to describe it. But if I can see it, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that's what I want. So like, right. how do you know, what are some like lenses you look through in life or whatever as you are deciding this is what I want, this is going to fire me up? Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm still figuring that out I don't want to focus it on focus on the negative of things but I also do need to know what I don't want to do sure. at the same time it's knowing what I don't and what I do want and I think what I'm figuring out like in the film industry as far as like movies and tv go it is still very much um male dominated there's a lot more male roles than there are female roles um and and i was bitter about that for a while and then i realized like i don't need to be mm -hmm. <laughs> and a lot of it too is just there's still um and some people honestly could get mad at me saying this but i just think this is the reality there's still a lot more men that are writing and so like guys write what they know and yeah. you know so they tend to write more stuff about guys, <laughs> you know, um, and there are more women writing for sure. But I think as far as like, like the big industry yeah. stuff goes, um, I mean, I think, I think it's only like, as far as like directors go, I think only like 2% of like big box movies are directed by like women. A lot of the female roles that are available to tend to be like how a woman relates to someone else or like, which is often to a man. So like, daughter, wife, whatever. Mm -hmm. Not that those things are bad. They're not at all, but they tend to be the only thing. I'm making major well, generalizations. Almost, almost like typecast in a yeah, sense. Like, yeah. And they, they're the thing that like defines the character. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That like it's, it's less often that there's a female driven film that is, um, where the female character isn't defined by her relationship to someone else, but she's defined by like her characteristics, like mm -hmm. who she is. She's quirky. She's fun. She's a dreamer. She's ambitious. She's insecure about her looks. Like all the, or really secure in her looks or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but often those, those characteristics aren't really delved into. And so I'm figuring out like, I want to do roles like that. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, there aren't, as many of those as I want there to be. Hmm. So where do I go from there? I guess I write them. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm at. Are you writing right, right now? now? I just started writing. Well, kind of like to backtrack a little bit, like what drew you into theater and acting in the first place? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. Um, I did, um, 
theater productions, like all like musicals, like in junior high and high school. Um, and I couldn't act to like save my life. <laughs> um, seriously, I couldn't. And my senior year, uh, well, my my freshman and sophomore year, I had like small roles in the yeah. high school productions. And then my junior year, it was Cinderella. And I was a junior, so I'm expecting like lead, right? Because I'm a junior now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can sing, so they should cast me as lead, right? Whatever. And um, I didn't get a role mm. at oh. all. I was in the ensemble. I was so upset. Anyways, so then my senior year, um, they were doing The Wizard of Oz, which I'm kind of perfect for Dorothy, except I still can't act. So let's remember that. <laughs> And so um, I had um, somebody, I I think my teacher helped me just prepare and like, oh, it was my um, voice teacher, Julie, um, just taught me kind of the basics of acting and um, which I was still really bad at. But I, once I realized that acting was just about being honest, I was like, there is nothing else in the world I want to do. Like, I love mm-hmm. this because I just love like honesty and, um, and I love like being able to like put myself in another person's shoes and be honest from that place. And I also love the idea of like, I can like have so much more empathy toward people by like mm. doing this, mm-hmm. you know what gotcha. I mean? Yeah. Um, and I felt like, What excited me about it was that it made me, like, a more honest, empathetic, relatable person, I feel like, too. Hmm. Um, So so that was what, like, really attracted me to it. And I think that was really just when I got, like, decent at acting was when I realized, like, it's just being honest. So did, did you get the role as Dorothy? I did. I had to split it with another girl. Oh. That was dramatic. How does that work? Um, she did some shows. I did other shows. Wow. Yeah. Bummer. Yep. Should have broken some ankles there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we both thought about it. <laughs> so, no, she was great. She was a better actress than I was. What are some things that those uh, like valleys have taught you just in the journey of like finding your voice? It's a very frustrating process. Like when you are mm-hmm. at the wall of... I feel like I don't know how to do this and that you might compare it to somebody. I feel like, mm. gosh, it comes so naturally to so-and-so, but there was that kind of clicking moment of like, it's about being honest and kind of going through some training. Mm-hmm. But what did it like feel like to be in that like place of, I feel like I want to do this so much, but like, but something's not working. Um, well, it kind of all, I mean, honestly, it still feels like that. Mm. <laughs> it always, always, yeah. always, <laughs> I think, will feel like that as an actress just because um, you're, the jobs that are available to you are not based on um, just like someone else's need, like, you know, like somebody needs a wedding photographer or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, if, if I was going to compare it to like photography, it's like not only does somebody need a wedding photographer, 
but they need a wedding photographer who has blue eyes and right. short blonde hair and a baby face <laughs> and looks about between 21 to 24 Shoot. and is five foot two and a half. Definitely, Gabe. And I could continue. <laughs> I'll yeah. stop. We're so good. Like, <laughs> that's clearly not me. That's nice. <laughs> so like super specific yeah. and super yeah. like it, it might be a role you don't even feel passionate about right exactly exactly like there's there might be there's so many roles that i'm not right for Mm. just because of how tall i might be Mm -hmm. or how short i might be or whatever but um then even if there is but yeah even if there is a role that i'm right for then nine times out of ten i'm not going to be passionate about the role Mm -hmm. so um and which is what has brought me to i gotta write you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I feel like, I don't even remember what your original question was. Well, like, yeah, how does it feel to, like, be in that place of, like, I don't, I want to improve, mm-hmm. I feel called to something, but yeah. it seems like there's a wall, or it seems like there's just something I need to break through, or... Yeah, I mean, it could be super frustrating, and I have days still sometimes where it is frustrating, but I think, um, like, for me... I, and I don't know how much you guys have talked about this on this podcast at all. I, you're both Christians. I, I'm a Christian. So, like, for me, it's, like, um, trusting the Lord, that the Lord wants me involved in this industry. And if he doesn't anymore, then whatever. I'll yeah. <laughs> go from there. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at this point, I think he does. And so um, it's just, like choosing not to be frustrated and choosing not to feel sorry for myself Mm. and choosing not to be like, Oh, there's not enough roles for me. Mm. And when they are, I'm not passionate about them. Mm. Like I could whine Mm. all day long and I just like, can't do that. Mm. I just, it's like, okay, so if there aren't roles for me, then what do I do about that? And then just, it's like problem solving over and over and over and over and over again. And choosing to keep a positive mindset, mm-hmm. um, even when some days I just want to cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then just choosing to cry and then getting that out and then moving on and problem solving again. And surrounding myself with people who um, encourage me and mm-hmm. um, and don't act like they know everything and try and tell me how to do things. Like... Honestly, I mean, if I ask, great, but I'm careful about who I ask mm. for advice mm-hmm. about my career because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I ask people who mm. are also successful mm-hmm. in, <clears throat> you know, if, whether it's in the same field as me or similar field. Um, but I am very careful about whose advice that I ask for yeah. because, yeah. and if people give me advice and I didn't want it, like I don't need to get mad. I just yeah. like, let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, there's just not, I mean, I don't know tons of people compared to the general population that are pursuing an artistic endeavor like sure. fully. And I know way, 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 way less people who are pursuing, you know, acting yeah. or, um, yeah. screenwriting or that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So, um, I have to surround myself with people who believe, who aren't in what they're doing, who don't like 
spend all their time comparing themselves to other people. That's like a huge, huge, yeah. huge, huge Turn thing. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just dangerous. It's like, I mean, I could compare myself to people all day or be scared of like, like even with this feature film that I'm trying to write, like it's about my twenties. Like that's what it's going to be about. Yeah. And, um, and I could sit here and talk about that for 15 minutes and some people would be like, you shouldn't do that. Somebody might steal your idea. Like, Nobody can write my story the way yeah. I'm going to write it. Mm. And like, not that we're, we should be just like talk about stuff forever and not ever be scared of someone stealing ideas or whatever, but fear, we shouldn't be f fearful of things actually. So fear should never be involved in how I motivate myself. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'm just blabbing. I don't know if I'm making no, any sense. No, it's so true. No, there's so many connectable <laughs> yeah. points of yeah. like the, any artist listening will be like, dang it, I've totally felt that way. I've totally allowed myself to be mm -hmm. driven by fear or I've surrounded myself who do compare themselves and it mm -hmm. becomes toxic. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel a little bit like that myself in this season, so that's challenging to hear because it's like creatively, we're always trying to develop a voice or like an authentic expression of what God has put inside of us. Right. But in doing that there's a lot of an stumbling and up and downs and <laughs> yeah and uh mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Of the, one of the things that i've been doing is after i finished that louis giglio book mm. goliath must fall about fear anger addiction like all sorts of things mm. um really great book yeah definitely recommend it At what's it end, called uh goliath must fall oh, okucay it's about like facing our giants uh yeah. At the end, it says it gives a suggestion to always have your phone app of the Bible open to Psalms 23 or your Bible and just read it before you go to bed and when you wake up. That way, like the first and last thing you're focused on is like just God and just like f knowing that He has a plan, He's got mm, a path, He's mm -hmm. going to take care of you. And mm -hmm. that's been pretty helpful over the past week as far as just <laughs> maintaining my focus on that. Like it doesn't matter what happens in my life. God's going to use it. Yeah. It's not in my time for anything. It's in his. So. Right. And yeah. there's so many unknowns. Yeah, yeah. As artists. And so, yeah, <laughs> coming back to like that, like the Lord knows what he's doing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I uh, I go to Threshold Church and our, the sermon last week um, was kind of, just solidifying some things in me that the Lord, I feel like had been showing me like the week before, which was yeah. really cool. But it was like, um, Jake's daughter, Taryn, her birthday, I think was yesterday. And so he was just talking about how he was going to take her, you know, on a date and stuff and to Toys R Us or whatever. And so talking about the gifts that the Lord gives us, um, he was saying there are two things that could happen. Like when I take Taryn to like get this toy. So say we go to Toys R Us and, we find her the perfect toy and like we get home and she just plays with the toy all week and literally doesn't even like say hi to me. Like she doesn't even talk to me. Like she just stares at the gift and plays mm. with the gift and focuses on the gift. And he's like, the other thing that could happen is like we take her, we get her this awesome gift. I'm really excited and so excited to give her this gift. You know, I like gave it to her on purpose. I've been thinking about it for the past year and I give her the gift and we get home and she's like so scared of what, like playing with this gift and actually like hmm. spending time with it, like how that will 
whatever. Like if we're talking about the gifts that we're given, like as sure. an artist, yeah, yeah. Uh, that she just leaves it alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like the parable of the talents. Yeah, right. The guy that yeah, hides the one talent because he's afraid he's gonna lose it. Yeah, right. Mm. And um, so it's like I don't want to like focus like. Right, starting to write that feature film was like a huge breakthrough for me, and then I actually liked the scene too. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This, this is actually good." I think, like, mm. this is awesome. I'm, I'm so something. excited. Yeah. Like, yeah. and but to me, that was so. That was Saturday night, and then this sermon was on Sunday, and it was just like the Lord was just like reminding me, like Lauren, put me first. Mm-hmm. Like, just because, like, yes, you had this awesome breakthrough, and I have been like waiting for you to like step mm. into this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep your eyes on me. Like, mm-hmm. do not like leave my presence, you know? And so it's that like, okay, like Lord, like I've got to like be not like because I should or whatever, but like, Lord, let me want to like spend time in your presence and know who you are more. Mm-hmm. And that has to be the foundation of everything I'm doing, but also not being scared and not writing this feature film because of what might or might not happen, like fear of success, fear of failure, whatever. Like mm-hmm. if the Lord has given me these gifts of acting and singing and writing, like I need to steward them well. Yeah. Yeah. And we say that all the time as Christians, like I need to steward my gifts, but like really <laughs> like, <laughs> like we do, yeah. but like, but like let's not make our, those gifts our God. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so. Dang, that's, that's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here like the whole time you're talking. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> dang it. I've done both of those. I'm doing both of them now. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, yeah. it's not okay, but it's yeah. like, as long as like. You just said it was okay. Well, like <laughs> he, he's forgiving and gracious. Yeah. yeah like, probably, and yeah. all, and it's like the Lord is so gracious, but like yeah. all we have to do is change our mindset mm-hmm. and like. Mm-hmm. And and shift that, and it doesn't have to. Like my friend Christy reminded me a couple weeks ago. Like um, Christy Yoder, she's like, you don't have to do everything in a day. Like you don't have to accomplish. Just like shift your perspective, mm-hmm. you know. And um, like start if your goal is like to spend an hour a day with the Lord. Don't get so overwhelmed by that that you don't spend time with Him. Just like get in His presence, you know. Mm. Or if your goal is to write for an hour a day, don't get so overwhelmed with that that you don't write. Yeah. Like mm. start somewhere. Get in the presence of the Lord. Sit down with a pen and paper and write something, even if it's for ten minutes. Mm. Even if it's just themes of what you want to write, you know. Um, yeah. That's so good. No, it's great. And I think I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, but a friend kind of spoke over me like I was like kind of unsure of where I was like how can I worship God in a sense in my life because like I'm not musically gifted I didn't I'm not great with sound equipment things like that whatever like I didn't I couldn't be a part of a worship team mm-hmm. by any means unless I'm clicking the powerpoints and uh and <laughs> yes we said, need the powerpoint man oh, he, said, <laughs> he said you can worship God in the gifts that he's given you. And so like yeah. the things that you're doing, like as a photographer, just investing in other people and what you're in your art and your creativity is a form of worshiping God. And so like that was super encouraging yeah. for yeah. me at that season. Um, yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. I think that yeah. was Mark. I think we were talking to Mark. And we, he we were talking to Mark about that. Podcast. You're probably yeah. right. Um, Definitely. Yeah. 
I'll probably come up like seven more times too. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, but yeah. 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 That's super important. Yeah. So what are some things that like the Lord is teaching you about these gifts as you learn to walk with it, but not make it the ultimate thing? You know, mm-hmm. the gift isn't God. Right. But what, what's he walking you through just in like proper stewardship, mm-hmm. like we said? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think right now it's just the simplicity of, like, showing up and not freaking out about where I spend my time or if I'm doing exactly the right thing or the right project or whatever. Mm. It's like, but just, like, doing a project and if you figure out that that project is not serving you anymore or, like not really what you're passionate about or what you want to do, like being willing to let go of it and scrap it. Like, I mean, I think any good artist like has for every like good project they have, there's like 20 other projects that they've scrapped. Like, you know, and um, like for songwriters, like they, you know, once in a while they might just like sit down and write like an amazing song, but they probably sat down and wrote, a bunch of other really terrible songs. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> or to get to that good song, it took a lot of like refinishing. Like yeah. You make something yeah. and then you're like, oh, I don't really like it. Cause I watched the Tweaking. video on Ed Sheeran's, the song shape of you mm-hmm. took them a full year to write. Yeah. Wow. On top of that, he tried to write it for somebody else <laughs> and then like tried to give it up. And their producers like, you're crazy. You're singing this. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, it's a side. Like, all those stupid stories about that actor who doesn't have any, like, training, and they've never done a film before in their life, and they're the lead in this film. That is, I'm not going to say what I think that is. <laughs> he didn't just go decide one day, right. hmm, I'm going to get an agent. Yeah. And then the first agent he met was a great agent. And then, oh, and by the way, and let me start from here too. Oh, and he didn't have any networking in the industry at all. <laughs> yeah. It's not like he had no networking, yeah. went and got the best agent in town, did his first audition and booked freaking Die Hard, Die Hard or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. And yeah. that's what people think. Yeah. And it's just, and those, and that's because those stories sell too. And so yeah. people kind of pitch it like that. It, it's like, it's not that it's a lie, but it's not the full truth. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, There's, it's just yeah. like shorter than telling the whole story this is something I'm wrestling through in my art is like if, if a person perceives what is honest for me as cheesy, like that's okay. Mm. And I hope that that doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be honest. And if somebody else wants to perceive it as cheesy, then that's, that's just, I just have to be okay with that. You know what I mean? Um, so that's really good. Yeah. So, um, it's fun. I love it. It's so fun. I like, I like had fun writing this first scene. You know That's what I awesome. mean? Like yeah. I was like, like it honestly, when I first started, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, and I just had this temptation to write really terrible because like starting a movie is like, you have like preposition. And so it's so tempting to be like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I think I'm going to go to that party. Whose party? Josh's party. Okay. Like, <laughs> just like really terrible dialogue because you're trying to set the scene of what's right. happening. Yep. And so it's hard to like write good dialogue and set the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope I did that. That's I think awesome. I did. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you're trying to show, not tell, which mm-hmm. is a right. very tricky yes. line. Because I yes. feel like I constantly shift back into tell, and then I look at my images and I go, man, but that's not really what I wanted to create. Right. That's not what I set out to do. Right. Um, taking those risks accepting the consequences even for yourself or whatever and just going like okay if i need to like reshoot a little bit or whatever right if i need to redo that's fine i need to scrap this whole scene because it sucks yeah Mm -hmm. like it's fine yeah but but as we've talked about authentically doing it in a way that's like no this is good i love it and if somebody else doesn't love it that's fine, but this is what the Lord's calling me to, and there will be refine, refining things and ups and downs in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's not this, like, I need it to be perfect. Right, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, being okay, too, with the process of the first thing I write may not be, likely will not be the best thing I ever write. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gonna maybe be just okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... But like, let's be honest, like there's a bunch of just okay movies out there that made millions True. and millions of dollars. <laughs> there's a whole channel. It's called <laughs> Hallmark. <laughs> oh. Right. Oh, just shoot. upset like scathing mothers. Everyone is so mad <laughs> now at you. Now you upset right them now. more because they're like, I'm a mother. That's all I am to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh. Um, <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Lauren, what's the worst piece of advice anyone's given you and you've just been like, that was not necessary or for me or for any, you know, not mm, helpful? Huh. I don't know if this is the worst piece of advice. It wasn't even bad advice. It was just like, okay, I'll just tell you. It's a um, someone who um, is accomplished in an area that I want to be accomplished in and at the time had no experience in it all. And I, you know, I just called this person to kind of, yeah, like get their advice on how to get started mm-hmm. on this thing. And, um, and honestly, they, this person is in like, I think their fifties and they were like, just very like, Oh yeah, well, uh, this and this and, um, I, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard, just so you know. Like, it's really hard. And I think I've even said that to people before. Um, just kind of in a discouraging way. Yeah. Like, and um, and I think that's kind of like the worst thing you can do. And And that's not to say that, like, honestly, if somebody comes to you and – or comes to me or whatever and they say, like, hey, I want to, like, sing – and they honestly are like, let's, they're tone deaf. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I don't like tell that person, hey, listen, like, Gabe, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't sing. do that. You can't do that. Um, Good or thing is maybe I know. not even like, maybe not even like you can't sing, but like, Gabe, honestly, like, you, you take some voice lessons. Like, yeah, you know, and, and like, figure out like if this is, if this is for you. Like, if you want to sing, invest. Yeah. It's invest yourself into it. First. Yeah, yeah. Take some voice lessons. Um it, I don't know. That's all that it's such a fine line. Yeah. Honestly, it really really is Between, because yeah. I might think that somebody isn't a good singer, but maybe they just needed that one piece of advice from a 
voice teacher to mm-hmm. like that shifted in their mind. Like even for me, like I, when I came out of college, like I was singing and it was like, I was singing very music theater. And so when I would go to like lead worship, like it didn't sound good. Cause it's like a totally different style, but there were two people that said like one thing to me and it shifted everything and completely changed the way I sing. Hmm. And I, and then there were so many people before that, I think that thought I wasn't capable of like leading worship cause they thought, Oh, this is how Lauren sings. Hmm. And it just wasn't true. Hmm. So anyways, it's just even the like discouragement, even if it's not like, Oh, don't do this. If it's the person just saying like, well, it's really hard. Hmm. So even if they're not saying don't do it, they're like, and I think for this person, it was and not just for this person, but for anybody who says that, I think where it comes from is like um, this insecurity of like, for me, like I'm 29 years old. So if a, like if a 21 year old comes up to me, it's intimidating. Like a 16 like a year old who's an incredible singer or whatever. Like it's intimidating. I was not that good at 16. I wasn't even, I'm seeing this person sing or hearing them sing or whatever. I wasn't even that good at 25. Mm. I still might not be that good. Like it's like, it, it can be intimidating, but I think it's too, it's like this, um, it's like this piece of the pie mentality. Like there's only so many pieces of the pie to go around. And so mm-hmm. if that person, if what if that person or the is insecurity thing too of what if that person is more successful than me at a younger age than I am? Or what mm-hmm. if they're more successful than me and I'm 52 and they're 25 and they're more successful than me? Like, I think it comes from this fear of that mm-hmm. too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. it's like, I think as an artist, like I want to encourage other artists in what they're doing. I think it's the best thing that I can do for them, obviously. And, and it's honestly, it's good for me too. It's like, if, if <laughs> I'm thinking of this person that I'm telling you about and I, I don't particularly want to work with that person and let Let's say I become a super successful whatever screenwriter. Even Let's just even say not super successful. Let's just say I make this freaking movie mm-hmm. and there's a role that this person could have played right. in it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to ask them probably yeah. or yeah. maybe unless I can't find somebody else who I really love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas if that person had said to me like, hey, like honestly, it, it is really hard, but like go for it. Like mm-hmm. try it out. This is what I suggest. Yeah. Like. And if you go for it and you realize it's not working for you, don't do it okay. But like, yeah, just like sit down and try it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and they don't even have to say like, hey, let's get together. They don't have to say that. But just like, even just saying like, hey, sit down, try banging out this thing, you know, yeah. banging out a song or writing this thing, yeah. uh, this movie or whatever. And like I said, I'm trying to keep it general because I don't, in case that person would ever listen to this. But um but yeah, just I think subtle discouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it doesn't help anybody. Yeah, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't help mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. And encouragement helps everyone. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm having a bad day, I just like, and somebody asks me for advice, I can just be honest and say, today might not be the best day to ask me because <laughs> I'm having a rough day, Yeah. but ask me in a week and I'll yeah. get my mind in the right spot or, yeah. or even just, they don't even have to tell them that if I don't want, I can just say like the simple basic truth that I know, like, yeah. Hey, just it being an artist can be hard sometimes, but like, yeah, just try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they do try it 
now I've got like another person who's like in it with me. Yeah. You know, looking up to you. You can walk alongside them. Yeah. They can learn from you. You're growing together. And I can learn from them. Thanks for listening to the Hingework Podcast. Hingework is a creative co-working space in the heart of downtown Lancaster, PA. Find out more at www.hingework.com.